Down and down again. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't find her. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am the slow chemical. This is the Monday show. Um, hope you guys are having a great August as we're heading to the middle of it. And, um,. Are we, are we technically in the middle of it? Oh, yeah, two days away from the middle of it. By the time this drops, it'll be two days in the middle of it. So, yeah, that's not too bad at all. Um, first of all, a, a winner did arise from uh, the question asked from last week's uh, match of the month. That is a Mr. Ray. I'm probably going to butcher this last name. Let me, <laughs> before I keep it, let me. Ray Mengst. Um, uh, so congratulations. Um, I actually had to go to and do like a, like a spin the wheel type of thing. Cause three people did get it right. Cause it was, it was an easy question. Um, but either way you won uh, please DM me your information on Instagram. My new name on Instagram is I am the slow chemical, or you could just send me an email at remoent at gmail.com. I will check both. Either way, I'll give you two weeks to accept it. And like I said, wherever you have me send it, make sure that it's, if it's a P.O. box or whatever, make sure you have given me all the information I need. So that way it won't get sent back. If it gets sent back, I am not sending it back to you. So um, congratulations to you, Mr. Ray. And um, let's get this show underway. Well, uh, first of all, I do appreciate the five stars. I do appreciate the the comments, and we're still a ranked podcast for sports, so that's pretty freaking awesome. Um, and so, yeah, just uh, want to say thank you for that. Um, I will actually do what I did last week. That actually felt really good, and I got great feedback from actually, and uh, just telling, kind of giving you guys the behind the scenes of my prep for the show, and essentially how I just write notes and now I rewrite them. And lately, there's been so many notes. That I was like, I don't really want to write all this shit. I'm being lazy, but um, but no, um, I got great feedback from it, and it actually felt better. And I know you guys really don't mind longer shows, so like, I think we, I think we went close to 50 minutes. Um, but I, I do try to keep it manageable because I know there's other podcasts you guys listen to, and I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. Um, but we're just gonna do the same thing we did before, and I'll splice in. My thoughts where I need to and other notes or whatever, but more than likely I'm just going to go with the flow. So this will be out of order uh, for those of you guys who don't mind that organized chaos type of thing. So let's start off. I, I saw this after I uploaded the show last week. So I think I uploaded the show Sunday, early Sunday. I think I recorded it on Saturday, like I am now. And I uploaded it early Sunday. Then I saw this note. Um, the, the, the top titles in WWE may be split very soon, which is not a surprise, which is why I was never an advocate for doing it. Now, I understand in this um, historic run that Reigns is having, there needs to be a cherry on top of it. And I feel like his dominance over Brock Lesnar the last year has been that. If you think about it, I saw a fun fact. And it was, there's only three people in WWE history to defeat Brock Lesnar twice in one year. Mind you, this guy was full-time for, I think, two years, three years. 
and uh, full time for three years. No, four, yeah, three years. And um, that is saying a lot. Um, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and Kurt Angle. And when they say year, they mean same full year, like 2022-2023. But technically, Reigns has beat him three times in one year. When he first came back, he won at Saudi Arabia, Reigns did. Then he beat him this year at WrestleMania. And then he beat him again at SummerSlam. So... Those titles should never been, but I, I, I understand, I say I understand, let me say, I think the thought was, give Reigns that moment in the visual of him holding both world championships, because he'll never, he'll never have another run like this, you know, it's just so rare to have someone as, as their top champion for this long, and then to unify the titles, essentially. Now, how they get the belts off him, we talked about this last week, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, I don't know. I think Drew McIntyre probably should be the one. Here's, here's my thinking. Somehow, they get the WWE Championship off of Reigns. He stays with the Universal Championship. I mean, just, there's still plenty um, of ways to... Cause I'm assuming him and Karrion Cross are going to fight at some point in time, and Karrion Cross is getting that um, Universal Championship. So I would assume you get the WWE Championship off of Reigns to Drew... Drew then to Seth Rollins, and Rollins then to um, Cody Rhodes. Because um, from everything I'm reading, it sounds like it's going to be a brand, brand split still. It sounds like it's still going to be one of those things where um, there's going to be division. So I don't, when Cody Rhodes comes back, I'm assuming he's going to be on Raw. Um, so so why not, you know? Um, but that's my thinking of how that's going to go. I just don't know how you split the tiles and have a good reason. Now, Reigns has already proven he could do whatever he wants in storyline. Air quotes, no air quotes, you can see him doing air quotes. So I kind of figure you can just have him say, hey, I'm, you're not worth my time. I'm only putting one title on the line. And But once he does that, that gives away the finish, obviously. But either way, I think that's the only way to do it. Because um, I don't see Reigns just forfeiting. Why would you have your cousins unify titles just to say i'm only putting up one that's kind of weird but i don't think there's an easy fix out of this but usa wants a top title on their show which is fair especially since you just literally put both championships um on a part-time guy and then you've had that part-time guy only wrestling a part-time guy for those championships which makes no sense whatsoever so um that I, I I get it I get, I get the frustration but you know this is what booking yourself into a corner looks like so let's talk about Raw Kevin Owens returns after some weeks off there was rumors last week that uh, Triple H had big big plans for Kevin Owens and of course he does he he brought him in um so I I can see that you know um he did lay out Ezekiel he looked like the killer he was when he laid out Sami Zayn in, at his NXT debut after Sami Zayn at one. The NXT Championship, uh, Ezekiel was stretchered out. Um, Lashley, Bobby Lashley retains his United States Championship against Tomosa Champa or Champa. And Bobby Lashley is just announced this Monday a match I'm looking forward to. I don't know if these guys have has these guys, have these guys ever touched in WWE, but Bobby Lashley will defend the U.S. Championship against AJ Styles. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing that. There's a tag team tournament that was underway for the Women's Tag Team Championships. It began on Raw. We will get to that in a second. Um, AJ Styles defeated The Miz. And then you had a Dexter Loomis 
return. I think it's his debut on the main roster. He was in the crowd and he had a hood on and they were pulling him away. It was a very, um, I saw it. It was very weird. Maybe he's stalking AJ Styles um, for reasons. I mean, this honestly, like if we look at the, the history of their stalker uh, storylines, there's never been a good reason to stalk anybody. Like, uh, so that they've given at least, I guess it's <laughs> uh, there's never a good reason to stalk anybody. I guess, but um, <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying. Um, but anyways, that was his main roster debut. So Dexter Lumis, and it's funny how these these comebacks are happening fast. These guys are being rumored. And then literally show up that night. Same thing that happened with Karrion Cross happened on Monday. I saw early Monday. Oh, this person's rumored to come here, right? Same thing happened Friday. These people are rumored and they're, they show up on SmackDown. So these these comebacks are happening quite fast. The women's tournament for the tag team championships. Here are how the matches are set so far. We'll let you know who advanced. You're Tamina and Dana Brooke versus Io Sky and Dakota Kai. Already, Io Sky and Dakota Kai have advanced, and you, you know who their next opponents are going to be. On the same side, you have Alexa Bliss and Asuka versus Nikki and Dewdrop. Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop. That match has not happened yet. It's happening on Raw, but I, dude, you know it's going to be Bliss and Asuka, but anyways. Um, next up, the team that advanced on Friday night was Raquel and Alea, who faced Zia Lee and Shotzi Blackheart. Or just I guess it's just Shotzi now, right? And you had Natty and Sonya Deville versus Nikita and Zoe Stark. Nikita and Zoe Stark actually cut a promo to make their, their main roster debut to familiarize the audience, familiarize the audience with themselves. Um, this match has not happened yet. It'll happen next week. Um, and then you, I'm assuming um, Natty and Sonya Deville are, are going to get the win because Zoe Stark is actually in the middle of a feud with Mandy Rose, and I believe this upcoming Tuesday, Heat Wave will be the culmination of that feud when Zoe Stark challenges Mandy Rose for that NXT Women's Championship. The WWE have decided that they will hold the 2023 Royal Rumble in San Antonio, Texas. You know, I've always wanted to visit San Antonio. Like, I think there's a few places I've, I've always wanted to visit, just out of curiosity. San Antonio is one of them. And I don't know why, because I've heard there's like, nothing to do there, right? And, and you think about it, if you're not really into anything, like I'm not, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do anything. What is there to actually do? <laughs> so I'm already doing nothing anyway. So I just thought that was funny, but um, I am interested in going to this. But I, I have some things coming up, so I don't know if I'll be able to go. But I'm definitely interested. Let's hit some New Japan news. I saw this on I think it was Monday, and I have not kept up with the G1 climax. I've been meaning to, but I have not. So I really need to get get back to that. But I saw that Jonah. And his block defeated Okada. I was like, holy crap, they gave Jonah a win over Okada. That is a big deal. I'm not a huge Jonah fan, personally. I never have been. But I know he's a good worker. I think it's been hard to me get hard for me to get into wrestlers like that since Bam Bam Bigelow. I, I just love Bam Bam and Vader. I just love those two. And, and maybe that's my thing. I'm putting him on too high of a pedestal. I think I just need to take Jonah for Jonah. Uh, but when I saw that, I said, man, let me... I, I need to start paying attention. So I'm actually off tomorrow. So I'm actually going to actually um, like catch up fully with the G1. That's just my plan for tomorrow. Triple A Mania. You have a match in the works that I'm super excited to see. It's the Dan, the Reina Del Rey. Saying that wrong. Reina Del Reina's Championship. Tyle Valkyrie defending against Thunderstorm. Thunderstorm. Thunder Rosa. 
that was a mouthful for me, obviously. But the reason why I want to see it is because Tyre Valkyrie is having a low key. And I usually don't use that word, but like this is like a low key. Like she went back on the indie scene, and she's just it, like, and this is and honestly, if we're being real, she was Frankie Monet under Triple H's reign, so that's a, a, a hit Triple H has to take. But like she's, I don't know what it is, but this chick's all over the place. She just lost the Impact Women's Champion Tag Team Championships, but she had that belt. She has the Dorena Dorena's Championships. Like she's been all over, and she has multiple championships. And it's like, you know, I've never actually too like I followed her career, um, so I know what she's done. But you know what? I think because she looks so different. For most women, um, not, not, not having the look, I, I don't know how, I, I guess look is the thing for me, maybe because she is, I don't know, I, I, I'm lying if I say look, because it's not the look, because she looks fantastic, I just, I just, I just, I, I, I guess I just haven't taken the time to appreciate her, I guess. But seeing this, but that's why when I, I was, when I heard she was going to NXT, I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, her husband's there. That makes sense. I know they were a great team. I know they were a great team together. You know, like, like you have a Karrion Cross and Scarlet, where they're better when she's a manager and not a wrestler. Taya Valkyrie and John Morrison are just good as an overall tandem, right? And sh- and because she's a she is a better wrestler than Scarlet, obviously. But I guess I just never taken the time to appreciate. I don't know. But like I, I, ever since she's gone back on the indies, I've been I've been all I, honestly when I saw her at WrestleCon, I was going to get an autograph, but I hadn't I, I don't have any Taya Valkyrie action figures. And for those of you guys who know my 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 thing, I I have so many eight by tens. I just now obviously when I get my own place, uh, like that's like a bunch more space. You can frame them and put them up, and that's cool. And maybe that's why I haven't appreciated them. But like I think I felt with her. There's going to be other opportunities to get her autograph. It's to where I was in Dallas. It was like Matt Riddle's line was short as hell. It's like, why not just go get his fucking autograph? I don't have an action. Who cares? Just go get it. But, um, but no, I just, I just, I saw this. I said, man, Thunder Rosa? That's crazy. And we have more news on that later on as well. Pentagon Jr. will face Viano in a math versus mask match. This dude was just unmasked. And like, you, like you can see his face. This dude has no regard for his fucking mask. Him and Penta, oh, I mean him and him and uh, Phoenix need to do like put put like um, a lock or something. Oh well, that could be used against him, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, they, they need to do something about these masks. They need to do something because they just get rid. Like, they just can't handle them. Anyways, Vice has announced that alongside Seven Buck Productions. Which is The Rock and his uh, ex-wife Danny Garcia. I believe she. Oh, as funny as I think Danny Garcia only manages, which is another fun fact. I think she only manages two people, which is, which is The Rock and Henry Cavell. Fun facts. No more you know. Um, they will help produce or co-produce Tales from the Territories. Now, here's my thing: The Rock is is obviously the ultimate businessman. I think he's going to be the first wrestler that hits a billion dollars. I truly believe that. I believe it. I see The Rock as the Jay-Z of wrestling and wrestling success. When I say that, I mean, I never thought Jay-Z was the best rapper at any given time. I thought Jay-Z might have had the hottest song or the be- like one of the best ideas for an album or something like that, right? But I never thought he was the best at any given time when he was rapping. Like, early in his career, it was with Biggie. And then 
After that, you could have said Tupac was better. And after that, you could have said Nas was better. I thought you could say Eminem was hotter or, or whatever. But I believe Jay-Z always had the business acumen, and which is why he's the billion. Uh, I think he's the first. Him or, Dre, him or Dre, I think Eminem is the Excuse me. I think Jay is the first rap billionaire. I think Dre is the first hip-hop producer billionaire. Anyway, when you're talking about that kind of money, who gives a fuck, right? Well, anyways, I can see The Rock doing that because Rock has so many business ventures and he knows when to jump on a wagon. And this is clearly just going to be tales from, um, like how it is on Tales from the Dark Side, which I've seen is on Hulu now. So if you guys have not seen it or if you only seen the bootleg versions on YouTube, like myself, because I don't have cable, and honestly, the Vice app is just shitty. I remember when I had my old TV. It was a, I have a, I think I have a Samsung now. It's a great TV. I love it. Um, I can't remember the name. Of it. Was it a Vizio? It was something. It was a brand that I thought was a good brand, but it turns out to be one of the cheaper brands. Well, it just went out on me. I, had, I just went out, period. And I, even before then, I remember I downloaded the Vice app on there and tried to watch it. And the app was so bad. It was so clingy. And I was like, I might as well watch the bootleg version. I'm at least going to see something. Well, Rock is just jumping on. Same thing he jumped on with the XFL and stuff like that. Um, I'm expecting the same level of quality production. I know Rock doesn't fully like to ever have negative stuff attached to his name. This is a pretty negative show, though. Pretty fucking dark show. Um, so I'm hoping it'll change the foundation of it. It's just a spinoff. But, like, if it does change, then it just won't be watched. You know, and, and it'll be one of those things where it just gets canceled. Um... Which is fine, because I, I, I don't actually watch most... I think I've probably only seen a handful of movies that have The Rock in it. I know I saw... Um, what was that movie with him? Whatever that movie was that was with him and Sean William Scott. He was the guy who played Stifler in uh, American Pie. I know I saw that long, long, long time ago. I feel like I'm in Jeopardy here, because I hear the Jeopardy theme in my head. So it's like, do do do. I don't think I've ever seen any other other rock rock film that he's been in since that one. I just I'm not his target audience. Like I've never seen any of the Jungle Cruises or the Jungle Gym. What's it called? I saw the first one, um, Jumanji. Um, I saw the first one. First one's a fucking classic. You had Robin Williams in there. You had all that crazy shit going on. I don't know who produced or uh, directed that film, but that was a great film. I used to watch that all the time. I haven't seen it in a while. But when they decide to reboot that, I can give a shit about reboots. I just don't care. But I'm I'm not a fan of his entertainment. Like I've never seen a scene of Lil Rock. I know Lil Rock is supposed to, or Young Rock, or whatever the fuck it's called. I know it's supposed to be like loosely based on his life or whatever. Uh, the kid looks just like him when he was when he was younger, and the other guy looks just like his fucking dad too. So uh, they they cast it very very well. Um, but if this is, if this changes anything, I just won't watch it. You know, I'll get, I will give this a try if it's the same thing as that. I know a lot of people since last year said they will not watch, uh, what's it called? Not Tales from the Dark Side. What am I talking about? Um, Dark Side of the Ring. And so I'm assuming it had a lot to do with that Ric Flair episode. A lot of, I think a lot of people, that went into detail, detail about how, and it was very vivid. And the fact that you had a victim that really spoke you know i don't think we get many victims or survivors i'm gonna use that word it's a better word i think um i don't think we get many survivors that actually speak on their experience so i think that was kind of a really tough pill for a lot of people to swallow and so um 
I, I think a lot of people get turned off by that. Uh, you know, which is surprising. I would get turned off more by the Benoit double episode. So you have like literally two and a half hours of murder, 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 and you see this guy doing. You, you see one of the greatest of all time going to descent, as as opposed to the helicopter air quotes again that we've heard about for fucking years. That to me is a. I think we, I think in our fandom it's so hard. And I've my cousin. Uh, we talk a lot. He's probably the only he's the only one of four family members I talk to because they don't always like a stand. And so um, he's told me. He says, dude, my fandom of Michael Jackson outweighs anything. So no matter what someone tells me about Michael Jackson, I will always be a fan of Michael Jackson. And I was like, okay, cool. And he's taking a side there. Like, he's not talking about the personal shit. He And honestly, I don't think we've ever talked about the personal shit because he has no interest in it. He's like, dude, it might be true. I'm still a fan, which is, you know, look here. I think... We, I think so many people are casual fans that when you talk to hardcore fans, hardcore fans try to put casual fans onto this type of stuff. This type of stuff is not for casual fans, dude. Because those casual fans will then be the woke people and uh, in certain instances, let me be clear, will then be woke people or whoever. Like, how can I, I can't watch this. My morals won't allow. And to be honest with you, if we had really strong morals, we couldn't watch most people. Like we could probably only watch fucking Denzel Washington. You get what I'm saying? Like I just, I just feel like we have to be careful of the judgments we place. Now, once again, I enjoyed that episode. The reason why I was happy to see it on Hulu is because I didn't see a lot of episodes from last season, like the Luna Vachon episode and the, it was the FMW episode or whatever it was, mainly because I just couldn't watch the bootleg shit anymore. But I did go out my way to watch the um, trial of Vince McMahon. But even then, like I said, I'm going to watch it again just because I'm like, all right, I want to be immersed into it and actually see it. Um, but this is a whole rant about this. Anyways, the point is, <laughs> me moving on, sorry about this. Um, if it stays with the same production, the same level of uh, intensity and the same stuff, I'll still watch it. Right. So the reason, for which I think we all knew this, the reason for the Riddle-Rollins match being pushed back from SummerSlam was to have their first premium or pay-per-view match be at Clash of the Castle. They felt it would be a bigger match there than it would have been at SummerSlam. I disagree, but here's my thing also. This is your first London pay-per-view in 30 fucking years. That card needs to be stacked. That card... I don't, and I, we, I think we have, what, three matches set for right now? We have... Uh, Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan. We have Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. We have Real versus Rollins. I don't think Real versus Rollins is announced though. That pay per view is gonna be four hours and it's gonna be fucking stacked. Uh, so it's gonna. And now Triple H is in charge. I can see we have <laughs> with the number of people we have back too. It's it should be good. It should be really good. I'm looking forward to it actually. Brian Gorwitz opens up about his pitch to have Brock versus Austin in 2002. I actually thought this was pretty interesting because uh, someone asked him about it and he said, oh, I'll take credit for that. He was like, his idea, which he said Vince changed, obviously, was he wanted to have Brock versus Austin because they were setting up for uh, Austin versus Eddie program, which I've heard this before. I don't know who I heard this from. It could have been from Gowartz himself. But apparently the plan was Eddie Guerrero was supposed to cost Austin the match. It was going to be no build, no nothing. 
Austin's going to qualify in the King of the Ring tournament. That was going to be a foregone conclusion, right? And then and Austin was going to hit the stunner on Brock. Brock would then take the stunner and roll outside. And as Austin is throwing Brock in, Eddie comes from behind, nails him with a chair or whatever, throws him in the ring, F5, 1, 2, 3. Well, then McMahon takes that and says, no, Austin needs to lose clean. Now, I think by this time, if I have the timeline right, and Gwartz assumes the same thing, even before I read even before I read this and I heard this part of the interview, I said, I think by the time Gwartz pitched this, Austin had one on that bite this show that at the time was exclusively, exclusively my words. I'm fully awake, not yawning. I'm not tired. And anyways, uh, by this time, there was a show called Bite This. It didn't last long. It was strictly on WWE.com. I believe Kevin Kelly was one of the voices of it. Either way, it was a strictly internet show. And um, Austin that went on it and said some disparaging things about the creative. He said how he hadn't been happy. And this was Vince's way of trying to punish him. And Austin said, you want to punish me? Fuck you. <laughs> he just fucking left. So I, I just thought that was an interesting interview to hear. I, I love when certain former writers talk because i know former other former writers are not as in the know but gorge was the, the lead writer for seven years on raw so he was in the know about a lot of shit you know and um i'm gonna get to something else later in a second i gotta hopefully i remind myself triple h apparently will repackage t-bar i mean he brought him in as the choke dominic dajakovic so i'm assuming he's just gonna bring him back to himself too bad we don't have a Keith Lee there so that we can see them fight on the main roster. Kota Ibushi, who is still hurt, says he wants a run in AEW. I would have to imagine he's going to get one. I saw this, and the only, only reason I wrote it down is my first thought was like, no shit you're going to get one. Like, New Japan is not letting you out of your contract. And uh, and we're going to get a Forbidden Door 2 at some point in time. So that I would be surprised if he's not on it. WWE has apparently found five more million dollars in payments that were apparently they thought was a part of you no know, more hush money payments. So they delayed their quarterly report only to then come out and say it looks like they went to Trump Foundation as a charitable gift, which, as we all know, Vince McMahon and Donald Trump are super close friends. So um, that was not a good look, but I, I guess there's better to be cautious than anything. So that makes sense. Ari Davari, who was a part of the, um, let me get this name, the Trust Busters in AEW, um, is actually producing matches in AEW, so good for him. Malachi Black revealed that he thought he would have to retire after doing a back, after having a back injury, which I didn't know that's, I didn't know this. Like, and here's the thing also, I think sometimes we're so impatient as fans, especially when some of our favorites, like, um, don't get treated the way we do, like the way we want. Like, I remember when Malachi Black first came into in, uh, NXT, and I remember the hype he had around him. And I watched a few of his matches, but I remember seeing myself like, why is this guy so hot? But once again, I had only seen a few of his matches on the indie scene. So I, at that point in time, I was just more of learning about this new guy. And I remember how over he was, how people were just anticipating him. And I think some of his um, heat calmed down. Not heat, uh what's what's the word i'm looking for i believe some of his like um just some of his his hype died down with um 
with his NXT Championship run, it was very underwhelming. It was very much the Jericho run. And and um, then he gets put in the main roster with Ricochet and the tag team. They lose at the WrestleMania debut. They lose at the end of their final NXT match. It was just one of those situations where it was just kind of like, okay. And then he had nothing going on. Then he kept saying for months, who's who's knocking, et cetera, et cetera. Then he knocks out Big E only to get fired. And so it was one of those situations where then he goes to AEW. He's in a feud with Cody. He's featured in the House of Black Happens. It becomes a thing. All of a sudden, he's not featured as much. And a lot of times, you, we might not know these things. Like we find out someone else had an injury. I just asked about this person the other day. I was like, what happened to this person? It turns out they bust their ACL. We'll get to them in a second. And so it's like one of those things where like if, it, if his back injury was that bad, this makes sense as to why. And also, Tony Khan was pretty upset. Um, he said, dude, do you know how hard it is to get everyone on television? And technically, he's right. NXT, WWE has seven hours of television. Their NXT programming, their developmental has the same hours as their as AEW's main show. And I'm not saying that AEW should go three hours. Fuck no. God, no, 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 no. Um, that's a good way for WB to say, hey, here's $400 million and we're canceling you for tax reasons. Um, but he's right. They have three hours of television. And honestly, they had, that's why they have to tell stories on Dark. That's why they have to tell stories on... They just told a story on Rampage. I don't know where it fucking came from, but they just had to tell a story on Rampage, which is fine, you know? You didn't have to be a fan, not fickle, not fake, and watch the fucking program, dude. You know? So it's like one of those things where I can't complain about that. But um, it's hard to get everyone on television. Now, it's been good to see the house of... Like, we saw Buddy Matthews return this past week. So it's been good to see them back, and we know that... This the trios championship is a, is a thing, um, but see, hearing interviews like this or seeing like um, posts like this, like oh shit, I had no clues going through that, you know. And so it's one of those things was coming. Like, okay, it makes me, even though I don't always vocalize it on these podcasts, sometimes I'm thinking in my head like, what the fuck is are we doing? Where is he? I think this to myself. Where and I do go through some moments where that's why I like having the show the way it is. Is because I do go sometimes weeks and I'm like, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say that out loud. I'm not gonna say that on the show. And, you know, not because I don't want to be wrong. I have no problem being fucking wrong. We're all wrong all the time. But it's more of like me saying, it feels, that feels, that feels weird. Me hold off, you know. But that, that's good to know he's, he's he's healed up. That's good to know. Raw viewership ticked down a little bit, but still over, but still right under that two million. There will be a WWE 23 game that was announced at a conference call. Speaking of video games, I just saw the first teaser for Fight Forever. Uh, I, I was talking to Figure Four Photos, right? And for those of you guys who don't know, his, his interviews in the archive. I wanted to have him back, but by the time we planned to have him back, he had just found out that he was having a kid. And so... Um, and so... Um, it's one of those situations where I will give the benefit of the doubt to the game, but Figure Four Folds actually works on video games. Sorry, I got a text message that got distracted me. And so he said the game looks like crap. And I said, honestly, from I remember from day one, they when they went with Ukes and Ukes Nordic, I believe the plan was to actually replicate a more updated version of WWE No Mercy, WWF No Mercy at the time. And that, for, for a lot of people, still to this day, 
is the greatest wrestling video game of all time. I can say without a doubt from my end of things, it's definitely the game I spent the most time on. It's by far, I don't remember the hours, but if I'm guessing, I probably spent three, 4,000 hours. I'm not even bullshitting on that game alone. Um, and that's because that was the last game ever I ever went on my way to play people in. I ever, and that, that was before online stuff. So like you actually had to go to people's houses and play. And I remember having four-way matches. I remember one, I still remember this one moment. I, I'm playing with Raven and Jonathan Esther. I can't remember who he is. He's somebody else. And um, I have a stop sign in my hand. And I throw it and I say, hey, catch. Now, he didn't know this, but because I played the game so much, I knew that when someone catches something, they can't immediately use it. It takes like, it's like a five-second delay or something. So I used to just throw it. And I'll always play on the hardest level. As a matter of fact, that's the last video game that I could play on hard, get my ass kicked legitimately without it being a air quotes cheating thing, enjoy the game. Now things are just hard, and it's like you're winning. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, what just happened? Like, I remember one time I was playing, this quick side story. I remember one time I was playing, I can't remember which WWE game this was, but it was one based around the Undertaker, and you could, you could break the streak, right? Now, I remember one time I was, I beat their ticker down. And when I mean I beat him down, I actually had knocked the referee out on purpose. Went outside, got a chair, beat him, beat him, beat him. Then I know he's going to revive one time. So I hit him with my finishing move one time. That's never going to work, right? I know that. But the whole goal is to get that one time out the way. Now, the referee's up. Now we're actually having a fair match now because now his powers are gone. So now we're going outside. We're fighting. I promise you, this dude had no energy left i have full bar he clotheslined me went for the pin i'm hitting the kick out button i'm actually making the button kick out it's actually in the spot where it's supposed to kick out he got three count just completely fucking the most ignorant thing i've seen in my fucking life but that's how video games have been that's why I, that's why I, after no mercy i lost i i, I was a gamer i could say it's for sure because on that n64 what you had mario kart you had no mercy you had fucking NWO versus WCW World Tour. You had uh, whatever the second WCW game was that was pretty badass too. Uh, Bond. I play. I loved. I, I didn't. Now I can't. Now I hate first-person shooters. James Bond 64. I love that fucking game. It was something about it. It was so fun. It was so interactive. But um, I remember vividly. Once No Mercy went away and they went to more of a... Then everything became SmackDown. I still enjoyed SmackDown. I was definitely an N64 person. I virtually became a PlayStation person only because the N64 died. Like, it went away. And then it went to... Game, not Game Boys. That's definitely fucking old. Um, and then I can't remember the next system after N64, but it just wasn't for me. And I remember I just said... Because oh, I was definitely a Nintendo person. And I was forced into getting a PlayStation. And that's how I became a PlayStation person. Because I was never an Xbox person. I, I owned Xbox. I played Xbox. Um, but I was kind of forced into it. But anyways, I was telling Figure 4. I was like, yo, dude, that's that was their goal. You know, I said, so the, the lighting is going to be dark. Because that was a very dark game. It actually reminds me of a strip club. I'm not trying to be funny. It was, that's how the lighting was. But it was so badass. Like, just the things you could do on the exit. It was interactive. You had fun playing with everybody. Everything felt just good. Um, 
the moves were good. I don't know. Like, so I'm giving this game a chance because I feel like it's their first time. Like, I think that's the reason why I still have not opened that WWE 2K 2022 because, dude, I haven't played a game. Oh, shit, dude. Was it 2017, 2016 the last time I played an actual WWE game? I bought 2019 just to have AJ Styles because I wanted to, because I had, like, my whole place, I had, like, a little shrine of AJ Styles where it was, like, his action figure that was right up, right next to us. The picture of his autograph that I got, and it was right next to the video game. So that was pretty fucking cool. Um, so it's one of those things where I'm going to give it a chance. Do the, do the graphics look great? No, they don't. But I mean, to be honest with you, most of the times need to do the WWE games. And they, do this, they need to do one every fucking year. You know? So I, I told him, I said, dude, you have expensive taste, brother. You know, it's like same thing when we talk about action figures. And he'll message me. And he'll be like, yo, man, this looks like doo-doo. And I'm like, bro, like you have expensive fucking taste. Like, he doesn't buy Marvel Legends. I don't, I don't think he even buys AEW figures anymore or WWE Elites. Like, he doesn't, he because like, he just doesn't believe they look good, which is fine. But he buys those three, $400 figures. And I'm like, my man, not everybody can afford that shit, dog. You know, I can afford it. But, like, to me, sometimes I see some of those figures, I'm like, what am I spending the extra $400 for? Because I don't actually care to see a more realistic version of Christian Bale as Batman. You know, I actually like, as I talked about before, I actually like my comic book accurate figures to be comic book accurate, not movie accurate. You know, I will say this, the Homelander and the Billy the Butcher he got, they look ma- magnificent. Like, I actually, they're black, they're packed up now because I packed my shit up. But um, I did buy the new Black Noir action figure from NECA, and I did get the Starlight action figure. I will get the Homelander and the Billy the Butcher from the Big Bad Toy Store. But no, I'm going to give it a chance. You know, because it looks like it's fun. I know I know the mini games aren't going to be very bad, but I think that also is the thing that sets that's going to set that game apart is just doing being able to do those different things. So I'm excited for it. You know, I'm gonna give it a chance, and you know, if it doesn't work for me, um, it doesn't work for me. You know, um, that's it. Um, that I kind of want. I'm ranting today, aren't I? I apologize. I'm not apologizing. Fuck that. So, anyways. <laughs> Um, where was I at? Okay, Jay White is to miss some shows due to heat stroke. Let me tell you something. It's higher than Mother Bleeper out there these days. I'm not complaining either because I prefer the heat over the the cold because the places I live has been blistering cold for no fucking reason. So, uh, hope he stays healthy, stays, you know, uh, de- uh, uh, hydrated. So, good for him. WWE will produce more violent angles under Triple H reportedly. Let's get to NXT. Solo Sokoa out for four to six weeks with a sprained PCL. And then we're also going to do some predictions here for NXT Heat Wave. Braun Breaker will defend the NXT Championship against JD McDonough. Braun Breaker's going to win. Mandy Rose will face Zoe Stark. I think Mandy Rose will win that one. I don't know who Mandy Rose loses to, but I don't think she's losing to Zoe Stark. Hayes, will, Carmelo Hayes will defend the NXT Championship against Giovanni Vicinci. I have Carmelo Hayes winning that one. It will be a street fight. Santos Escobar versus D'Angelo. I, and if Escobar loses, he has to leave NXT. I think Escobar leaves, and that's where this is. This is their call up right here. This is their moment to get called up. We'll have the con. We'll have finally the conflict come to a head between uh, Perez and uh, Cora Jade. I would have to say Corey J is going to win this first one. I, I, th- I think it's going to go. I think it's going to go three matches. And I think Corey J is going to win this first one. 
And those are my predictions for that for those matches. I don't know if I'm actually watching NXT this week. We'll see. A little bit more news. The Beast of Burdens is the name for the tag team of Shafir, Marine Shafir, and Nyla Rose. That happened on Dark, in case you guys missed that. And missed that in case you guys don't watch Dark. They finally got a tag team name now. Dynamite. Dynamite was a blood show. It started off bloody. It ended bloody. It was a mess. And on top of that, the last bit of blood we saw was completely by accident from my knowledge. So let's get into it. We start off with a coffin match. Darby Allen versus Brody King. I remember I was I was doing something. I was writing something down. I don't remember what it was. But all I know is I look up one minute. Darby's fighting. Next minute, Brody King's a fucking bloody shit show. And I was like, holy crap on a cracker batman what just happened and so um this was just a this was just a race and sting made his return um i was surprised i thought Miro was gonna do it but sting made his return as he came out of the casket beat down buddy matthews he threw the bat and gave it to malachi black malachi black just laughed him off and then there was a visual of darby hanging brody king with a chain and then letting him go and he went right into the coffin so perfectly it was, it was perfect uh darby got the win here um i saw a lot of people saying the wrong person won um i wouldn't be too worried about them not getting their heat back they faced the dark order the first round of the trios championship tournament they're gonna get their heat back <laughs> they they're gonna win um at least that match andrade and roosh Defeat Dependent Brothers. This is just something I was talking about. This 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 was a great this was a great night of wrestling, but this was all was just hardcore to hell. These four beat the hell out of each other. You saw them you saw them try to tie uh Penta's mask to the ropes. So he like legit took his mask off to save his brother. He takes his mask off more than any lucha I've ever seen in my fucking life. Um but they still end up losing this was a hell of a match. It's both These opening matches were fucking spectacles into themselves. The trio's tournament is underway. Here are the brackets. I took a triple take and I saw these brackets. because I said, wait, wait, who's in this tournament? We have the Death Triangle in the first round versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. I saw that and my first thought was, I sent a message to like three people. Hey, is that say Will Ospreay? Like, yeah, I said, holy shit, I'm in. And if in their first fight is against Death Triangle? I don't know who wins that, but that's going to be fucking awesome. Andrade, Roosh, and Dragon Lee will face the Bucks in a mystery opponent. The Bucks, later on in this in this night, went around. They finally apologized to uh, Adam Page. And they said, hey, man, we really need you know a partner. And we would like that to be you. And uh, Page said, hey, I'm not even in the tournament, guys. Uh, you guys weren't there for me when I won the championship. And they were. And he points to Dark Order. And he says, hey, you know... Um, I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to be in their corner. It'll be kind of unfair to be with you guys in their corner. So I'm just going to be there. So I would have to imagine this match happens next week, by the way. So I have to imagine this is going to be the return of Kenny Omega. Um, there's no one else it could be. Yeah. And I only assume, and Tony Khan is going on record of saying this. He didn't want to introduce the trio's championships until Omega was back. There's no coincidence that one week, buddy Matthews makes his return. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is a Kenny Omega spot. Then you have the House of Black versus the Dark Order, as I just said. And then you have the trust, the Trustbusters versus the Best Friends, which now has become more interesting because on Friday Night Rampage, 
Parker Boudot, who's now All Elite, uh, has signed a deal. And obviously, and he had his first match. And Sonny Kiss, who has been strictly on dark. I don't think I've seen Sonny Kiss on television in months. Uh, turned heel on the best friends to join the Trustbusters. Um, doesn't matter. Whoever wins this is just going to be killed by fucking House of Black. But this is just the way to get House of Black to the fucking finals. Which now that I think about it, House of Black versus the Bucks and Omega. Oof. All right, I'm down for that. Luchasaurus defeats some jobber. And then, I and I think I know where they're going with this. Christian get on the Titantron. And he starts taunting Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy runs at him. And he jumps right at Christian. And security catches him. It was a great visual. Well, then Luchasaurus comes in. And he beats down everybody. Well, Pat Buck comes in. Who, first of all, you're all of five feet one against Luchasaurus. And you're going to say, hey, there's enough of this. Nah, 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 nah. So he just headbutts him. Like, what? I hate when I hate when security guards say, "Oh my, he might have gone too far." No, dude, don't step up, and you shouldn't be stepping up, dude. Sit the fuck down. You're a producer. Stay down. I know it's part of the angle. I'm just, just saying, but this has to be the way to neutralize Luchasaurus. I could see them saying, "Hey, Luchasaurus is suspended for attacking attacking an AEW official." This is how we get Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy one on one, and this makes Christian Cage now jump Jungle Boy from behind and beat him down. Even more. I can see that being the thing that they're doing. Hobbs, who was approached by the factory, because the factory was pretty mad at Ricky Starks, because they said, hey, we can protect you from Hobbs. And he told them to piss off, essentially. And they didn't like that. So they went to Hobbs, and Hobbs said, hey, you can get rid of him for me. So you had uh, Ricky Starks versus a solo match, which they have history. They're former tag team partners. Uh, Ricky Starks in, in, ends up getting the win for that one. A little out of order here. AJ is completely unhinged. So, um, Daniel Garcia is saying how he's the, the Dragon Slayer. And by the way, we have a two out of three falls match this Wednesday. The Dragon Slayer versus the Dragon. Brian Danielson versus Garcia. That is going to be a fire fucking match. Matt Jay says, you don't believe he's the Dragon Slayer? She's been choking out everybody. She's lost her fucking mind. Anyways, FTR and Warlow confront Dutt, Lethal, and Sing. I would have to assume, like many of you, this lethal gets laid out with the, with the what is it called the big rig? I would have to assume this is all leading to, uh, maybe even at all out, um, Singh taking a power bomb from fucking world. This has to be leading to that. Miro, who's just been cutting great promo after great promo, just, just asking God why would he put, you know, the House of Black in his way? Why would he do that? Like he didn't confront them. He didn't approach them. And Julia Hart comes in and grabs him by the beard and says, you should just give in like I did. And he says, you're not, he says, she said, he's the only one woman can touch me. You're not that woman. And he said, tell them I accept them and I will destroy them. And I would have to assume this is leading to a six-man tag. I know, I know a lot of people wouldn't be happy with that. But I don't know when this six-man tag happens either because I thought this would happen all out. But the way the bracket set up for the trios... There's no way House of Black should be losing as Dark Order or fucking Trust Busters or the fucking Best Friends. Literally, they, they painted on one side. All, only one team can legitimately get there. Now, I know this is the same company that technically made the SCU, Scorpio Sky and uh, Kazarian, their first world tag team. I understand that. I understand that 100%. This, they, they put themselves in the corner here now. 
where the House of Black should not be getting fucked. The House of Black should be lead. I don't. I'm not saying they're gonna win it, but they're definitely. The, the bracket just says screams House of Black. On the other side, that's where all the heavy. Literally, they have the heavy hitters fighting each other. If I if I was Tony Khan, I would have done it with Death Triangle versus the Trustbusters, right? And I know they're trying to build a feud between best friends and Trustbusters. I get that, but then you have then Death Triangle versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. But then you have the and then you have the semifinals that just mean a lot more. The semifinals are only going to mean something on that one left hand side. House of Black should run through those other teams. Anyways, the point is I don't know when the six man attack happens because it won't happen at all out because House of Black will be fighting for the trios championships at all out. So I'm I'm wondering what's going to happen here. This is going to be actually I'm actually quite interested in what's going to happen. So we'll see. Stokely Hathaway is just handing his... This dude is legitimately handing his car. Like, well, like, so Billy Gunn is reading his kids the, the, the riot act, right? And Stokely Hathaway says, calls him old and all sorts of shit. And he goes to hand him the car. Billy Gunn takes it, throws it down. Well, on Rampage, the gun club win. They beat Dan Housen and uh, Eric Redbeard, who made his return, who still doesn't have an AEW contract. He's just doing it. He was, I think his, his hometown is Minneapolis. And um, at, the, at the end of this match, once Billy Gunn walks away... Stokely Hathaway makes another appearance, and he legit just hands him a card again. He's trying to build like his what? His he's trying to build his version of the Heenan family in AEW. He I, I just only thing I can tell. He's that's what he's trying to do. Jake Cargill defeated Madison Rain, who somehow became number one contender with one match in. But glad this match is over. Which I and this is a nitpick, but Jake Cargill gave her way too much. For Madison Rain to have been out the ring for as long as she was, she should have meet. She should have met a brick road. Now, in fairness, I, I understand this move now because now it's been confirmed that Chris Statlander, who had one ACL surgery on one knee, now has torn her ACL in another knee, in the other E, another E, another knee. So that's unfortunate. That's why we saw Athena make her debut, and now we're gonna. That's clearly clearly the match for All Out. But Athena shouldn't be beating Jay Cargill. And I don't think you can wait another year to see this match between Statlander and her. I don't mind waiting another year. But I don't know who else can legit take that. I thought Ruby Soho for a while. Ruby Soho has been stuck in this feud. She's clearly a feud between her and Tay, Mello, and um, Aunt Jay is not over. She's going to go through them. And by the way, if we're not calling her, I think her name is, isn't her name? Let me make sure. I think I said Mellow. Let me see. So it still says Tay Conte. But I know it's not her name now. Yeah, it's Tay Mellow. Well, she's going by it because she's she was married to a guy named Conte. Now she's married to Sammy Guevara. And now she took his last name essentially, but um, I'm assuming Soho is gonna be through with that. And plus, Soho is nowhere near hot right now enough to take that championship from her. Um, but we're we're just gonna have to wait here. But it's really unfortunate because Dialander is really fucking good, especially when she's healthy. Um, so much. Um, first of all, despite my entertainment, that's just so stupid. First of all, uh, heal up and feel better. And she came back better. And I loved her her reappearance in that uh, arcade match when she just popped up and, like, just macked um, the glass or the plexiglass, air quotes, into the face of Penelope Ford. 
Um, it was a great moment. So just heal up, feel better. But it's just really unfortunate. I had just asked what happened to fucking Chris Sandlander last week. So we, we, we found out. But she de- Cargill definitely gave too much to Madison Rain. Way too fucking much. In the main event, John Moxley defeated Chris Jericho. Um, Moxley was bleeding only because his earring was pulled out from Jericho. But later in this match, Jericho un- he, he exposed the turnbuckle. Well, he got thrown into it. He hit hard way. And that's why he needed stitches. So his he was pouring and gushing blood. This was a good match, man. Like, Jericho and Moxley have always had good chemistry since their WWE days together. And so to me, I, I felt like... I remember thinking about it a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, we're seeing Jericho versus Moxley. I don't want to see that shit again. And I guess because I've been following them since WWE, I remember they had all the matches they had, whether it was the Steel Cage match. But those were always different dynamics. I don't think, I think all those matches were, I think, I think all, all Jericho versus Moxley matches have been Jericho has been the heel. And Moxley's been the face. Um, but this was good. Like, Moxley is so, he's on another level right now. Like, eesh. I think to me, you know, you know who Moxley reminds me of. Moxley reminds me of a Macho Man or a Ric Flair. Follow me on this journey, or at least Macho Man. You know what you're getting from Macho. He's fully healthy. He's one on one. He's he's good to go. Right? You just put him in the ring. He's reliable, and and you, you and you can always put the belt on him, and you know it's not going to be an issue. I think the issue WWE had was Moxley was so reliable that they say, you know what, we want him on these undercard shows. We want him to have these intercontinental championships. We want him to do this. Like, cause if you think about it, his WWE title run was really, really bad. And it was probably the most disappointing I've been in, the year, in years. I thought him and Dolph Ziggler were still the show at that SummerSlam they had. Man, I remember saying that on the, po- on the podcast at the time I had. I remember saying that. This should still the show. And it was, the crowd was dead. And I remember the way the end happened was pretty dope, but like no one like reacted at all. It was like really fucking weird. And then he lost to AJ Styles, and by that time it was Styles' time to win the WWE Championship. It was definitely it was his time. Um, but I think that's what happens sometimes, and I think this happens in regular jobs as well. You're so reliable that a lot of times you don't get the credit you deserve. So you may not get, let's say, example, you're getting paid twenty two an hour, and the highest you can get paid is twenty five. You should get 25 because you're the hardest worker there and you're the most reliable person there. But they say, you know what? We, we don't want to lose him. What if he loses hunger when he gets him? I don't know. Let's give him 23.50. So it's so you're not gonna complain because it's still good fucking money, right? Depending on where you fucking live. I'm, I'm using that as a fucking example. But you you should get what I'm saying. So it feels like a lot of times you're like, oh, you guys just want to disrespect me. I have a lot more to work for now. And you could trick yourself into that, or they could trick you into that, or however you want to say it. But I felt like that's what that was. And until he got hurt, like he was just Mr. Reliable. And I think that's why it's so it was so easy to because think think about the summer of Moxley this year. Let's put this into perspective before we get to the the big news at AEW Dynamite this week. Moxley's who knows who who, who he was probably supposed to he was probably pinned in to face Jericho at fucking All Out. Let's just be real. He was already going to be in that six-man tag with Suzuki Gun and Jericho versus Eddie Kingston, fucking him, and uh, I can't remember his, his project's name from New Japan. And so then Punk gets hurt. Now the summer is going to be Punk is not a thing. 
Now they have to put a world title on somebody. So now he gets his dream match with Tanahashi. He gets the AEW championship. He becomes the first ever two-time AEW champion. And it's funny because I was talking to somebody, and we were just having a conversation. And they said, who do you think is going to be the first ever two-time AEW champion? And my first thought was, damn, we're so far from that. If you think about it, we've only had Jericho as champ, Omega, Moxley, Hangman, and Punk. So we've five world champions in three years, which I'm not complaining about. But we're so far from having someone who should be a multiple-time world champion. That was my thought originally, right? And then he becomes the first ever two-time AEW champion, which is well-fucking-deserved, right? So he does that, and he goes on this just defending the title streak. He has every match he's been in since he's won the championship was him defending the AEW World Heavyweight Championship on Rampage, Dynamite, wherever. Now he's going to main event his second all-out pay-per-view. I think that this will be the fourth all-out pay-per-view. He has main evented half of them. Think about that. Jericho and Hangman main evented the first one. Moxley and fucking MJF may have invented the second one. Last year, it was Christian and uh, Omega. This year, it will be Punk and Moxley. I mean, he's, he's having a hell of a summer, so. Anyways, the big news coming out of all this was the Blackpool Combat Club came down. The JS came down. They're all beating each other down. All of a sudden, you hear the music of Punk. And Punk came out with fire. And he said, hey, motherfuckers, come here. And he beat everyone down he needed to. You go face-to-face. You have the AEW champion versus the interim champion. They're going to collide in less than a month. They're going to unify this championship. I would have to assume Punk will... Here's my prediction. The prediction is not that Punk's going to win. We all know Punk's going to win, right? The prediction is after match. Punk will win. Moxley and him will shake hands, hug, whatever. MJF will make his appearance. He was not. He has not spoken since his pipe bomb. He has been quiet on social media. I think Britt Baker was like she posted a picture of MJF, but that was it. MJF will make his return at the end of All Out, similar to how we saw Brian Danielson and Adam Cole do last year, and he will clap his hands and he will say, "I'm coming for your world championship." That's the prediction. WWE through their uh, WrestleMania launch party. And guess who was being advertised for the pay-per-view next year? He's being advertised for two pay-per-views next year. For day one in Atlanta again, Brock Lesnar is the poster board for that. Then he's also being advertised for WrestleMania. So we are not done seeing Brock Lesnar. And I would assume and hope and pray that he's not anywhere near fucking Roman Reigns. There have been a lot more. I, well, I want to talk about this for a second. And I, I know we're coming kind of long here. I think I'm. Yeah, more yet a fucking hour. So, sorry about that. Um, Here's the thing. A lot of AEW wrestlers have been very honest with, hey, Triple H will, him taking over will get more people. To, no shit, they will. And it should. Um, here's my thing, right? So, this is good for competition. Now, I'm hoping. WB Discovery, even though they're cutting, I think, $4 billion, is wise to say, hey, we like this program. This does some of the best numbers for us. 
you know, we don't really have to do much. Just we just have to support it, and it'll support us back. Um, it's not spending a ridiculous amount of money. Hell, Tony Khan has gone out gone out of his way to spend a lot. Like that AEW video game, a lot of that money came out of Tony Khan's personal pocket, so or personal account. So like, this is not where Eric Bischoff and, and company are just throwing money that's not theirs. So I would hope they're going to invest even more money in the upcoming future. So here's my thing. It will be good to have things mixed up because for, I really want to name names, but I'm going to name names. For every Bray Wyatt who I have consistently said does not fit in anywhere but WWE with his the, his, the talent, what he wants for pay, like I could see him being a part of Impact, right? Because I think creatively they do it. They they have freedom there, but they can't pay his price tag. So it's essentially it's like LeBron James going to a small market team, and they have no money after they pay LeBron James. What's the fucking point at that point? Just using LeBron James as an example. Don't get mad at me if you're a basketball fan. Fuck off. I feel like this would be good for competition. And I feel like for as many people that now are complaining, like you had Andrade saying, oh, I miss WWE and blah, blah, blah. No, he misses Triple H because he loves Triple H. Triple H treated him right. Yes, he's a former U.S. champion on the main roster, but he was a former NXT champion. He, they found him Selena Vega, who was, once they put him with her, it was fucking gold. And up until that Adam Cole-Johnny Gargano match, people were saying the Andrade-Johnny Gargano match was, which the thing with the common denominator there, was the best match in the NXT fucking history. Black and gold version, of course. I feel like it's going to go both ways, though. Because for everyone that Triple H believes in, like the Dexter Lemises, the Karrion Crosses, you have people who are worried for their spot, as we talked about last week, who will say, hey, fuck it, you know, let me, um... Uh, let me see, you know, if the grass is greener over here, you know, let me just fucking see. I think it will go both ways. I think it'll be fine. So I just want to say that and get that out of the way. Discovery is likely to take over BT Sports out of the UK and remove AEW programming from that network. So I know I just said that doesn't seem promising, um, but I feel like they just want to put their stamp on and. The last two or three years, I have been unfortunately a part of a bunch of takeovers when people, companies get bought, and it's usually a shit show. And so, this is just me hoping as a pro wrestling fan. As you guys know, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm a comic fan. I don't take sides. I don't have favorites. Um, as far as like, oh, I prefer everything. No, I watch what I want. I, even with Triple H taking over, Raw is still fucking horrible to watch. Three hours is too fucking long and stre- the key is it's stretched out so when you're used to pay-per-view where you might have one or two things where it's like oh yeah this is me i'm kim kardashian here at SummerSlam, yay son for every time you have that that's magnified on raw you know i just love wrestling so the point of all this is is it, they both need each other and i'm telling you right now for anyone who's wishing AEW goes out you guys will regret that <laughs> You guys will regret that. Because Impact is going nowhere. And none of you motherfuckers watch it. Because I've had a number of people say, it's cool you talk about Impact. It's like talking about golf, though. Who the fuck talks about golf? I said, wow. That's kind of disrespectful. But I talk about Impact because I just like people from Impact. We held, we had to, hell, when she was a tag team champion for Impact, we had fucking, uh, uh, 
I was about to call her Emma. <laughs> but yeah, but we, that was what her name is, though. We, we, uh, you know, she was on here. It's, I like people there, so that's why I talk about it. Anyways, AEW Originals. The, uh, Kenny Omega's contract actually comes up. Now, he's not going anywhere. I had someone ask me, he's not going to a goddamn place. He just signed it for, and matter of fact, this was brought up last year, as a matter of fact. His contract ends, I think, February 19th. He's not going anywhere. He's there. He's an AEW lifer. SmackDown. Earlier in the night, this is what we talked about earlier. Earlier in the night, it, earlier in the day, it was rumored that Hit Row was being brought back. And, or they had been contacted. Well, they made their return. Winning a squash match. And so, uh, he, it's, and I, I read some tweets. It's funny how, this is these are other people's words, not mine. It's funny how those budget cuts, what happened to them? As, the name of last week's episode wasn't just like that, budget cuts are gone. Like, these are people who are fired, air quotes, for budget cuts. So now we're seeing, essentially, this vision of NXT, of of, of, of what he wanted these guys before the main roster. Uh, it sucks that Swerve Strickland's not with him, but look here. For those of you guys thinking he's wasting away in AEW, for whatever that means, he's one half of the current World Tag Team Champions, you dumb fuck. Like, how is he being wasted? He's been featured on TV ever since he's ever since he was announced. He's been featured. Highly fucking featured. So, and, he, and guess what? Even if he was with WWE, he would still be in a faction in a fucking tag team. There's a rumored draft coming after Clash of the Castle. And so, I'm assuming the brand split's still a thing. Cool. Uh, I guess. Mike Johnson of PWI Report Insider is... Rep- Cannot confirm, but is reporting that there is a bunch of NXT UK talent that have currently moved to Florida. He doesn't know if that means NXT UK is folding, but a lot of talent. And if you think about it, it's kind of interesting. The smoke to that fire because aren't the current NXT UK champion tag team champions? They've been on normal NXT air quotes again for fucking week, weeks. Like so, that, that's just something interesting. And just so you guys know, more background stuff. When you guys hear me get silent for like a second or two, because I've already had mixed in other notes, previous notes, so I'm trying to make sure I'm not repeating myself. The DUI case for Jeff Hardy has been pushed back to 1019. He actually just recently took a picture of his brother with his brother. He looks good. So hopefully he um I don't know what's gonna happen. Hopefully he's still in classes and taking care of himself, man. Also on SmackDown, and then once again, these notes, as you guys said, as you guys know, is all over the place. We saw our first real Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey, real time, real, real connection. Ronda Rousey comes out into the crowd. She has a big black bag. She comes in, there's a table, because it's going to be a contract signing uh, between Shayna Baszler and Liv Morgan. She says she has the money to pay the fine. So she drops thousands of dollars on the table, and then she starts taunting a security guard. Security guard's on the ground. Ronda has her arm. Security guard saying, I want no smoke. I want none of this lifestyle. Please, please, please. So Ronda leaves. Shayna Baszler comes out. Uh, character. Says, hey, um, what are you doing? You can't do that here. You, you, you do things the right way. You get what you want. And then Ronda says, you used to be a killer. And walks away. And my first and my first thought when I saw this, I was actually, I saw it on a post. And I was reading. Everyone thinks this means that Ronda is going to face Shayna. I don't get that vibe at all. I get the vibe of Liv's going to beat Shayna at Clash of the Castle by hook and crook. And Shayna is going to then lose it too. This is going to make a tandem of these two. 
And Ronda's getting that women's championship back. And they may feud, but this this ultimately leads to Becky Lynch returning and facing Ronda Rousey in Hollywood next year. That's all this means. When she said you used to be a killer, that loss at Clash of the Castles going to make Shayna be who she used to be. And that was the final boss of the NXT Women's Division. Her and Asuka were the most dominant women's champions in NXT history. Asuka left undefeated and had to hand the belt over. And didn't have her first loss until WrestleMania in New Orleans. Shayna actually took two L's in NXT. Because her first championship run was interrupted from EO, uh, not EO, um, Kyrie Sane. Who had a cup of coffee with the title before losing it back to Shayna. And then Rhea Ripley ripped it, pun intended, away from her. Um, but that's the vibe I got. But I'm seeing everyone say, I, I've, and you guys know I barely read comments, but it's been like overwhelming the number of people who I've seen be like, this means they'll still WrestleMania. I'm like, how did you get that? I maybe I'm maybe I'm the dumb one. I don't fucking know. Walter Gunther retains his title, Intercontinental title against Nakamura. This was a fun match, and this could be a pay-per-view match. They could run this back because this was fire. And I found it funny. Before I hit the record button, a couple hours ago, I was looking at notes. Wrestle votes had had reports this. This is crazy. And this is why, remember, remember just last week when I asked where Chris Gatlander has been, I told you guys I couldn't even remember who the Intercontinental Champion was. And I said, oh, yeah, it was fucking Walter, right? And turns out, listen to this shit. That the higher-ups, the previous higher-ups, before the changeover, had soured on him. And they were planning on burying him in the next couple weeks. But there's no reason why he soured on them. Like, these people, are the they are the worst hopium addicts of all time. They sniff so much hopium. It's like, what are we doing here? And why are we doing it? I read that and said, oh, my God, I need to hit the record button because I can't take any more. That's legitimately what I said to myself. I said, I, I legit can't. I just can't take any more notes. This is just fucking crazy right now. Just bananas. Anyways, moving forward, as we wrap up the show, there's a rumor that Triple H wants to retire the 24-7 championship. And if you saw the Twitter feed where I had the rumor end, Kevin Nash underneath it said, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> and uh takashiti takashita excuse me who just uh challenged for the ROH championship has announced he's returning to japan which we kind of already knew and final note for you tyson fury fans hoping he shows up in wwe clash of the castle tyson fury just retired from boxing which was already kind of a uh, thing but i guess he made it official um but yeah that was a kind of a longer show, but I actually like the vibe of this. It helps me remember notes better and everything. So I'm actually really happy with doing this. I might do this from now on. Um, and also, just to acknowledge, you guys have heard new music. Yeah, so just to give you some background on that really fast. So essentially, I was on my computer, and I don't know what happened. But essentially, I lost my picture I would put up every week. And it just disappeared in my music, in my intro. And so, I actually, it's funny because I actually have been thinking about doing a new intro for the upcoming two years we're doing, which actually, if we're being, a, if we're being real, it was technically the first week of, uh, of September. 
But I said, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to do something special for the two-year anniversary. So we changed the music up. We major. Um, and uh, I'm hoping you guys are happy with it. I, I'm, I'm happy with it. And I could have used the same theme song and just redid the intro. It wouldn't have been no. It, it, it would have taken me literally the same amount of time as I took with the new intro. But no, it was, it was time. Change it up for the next year or so, and we'll go from there. So, anyways, I'm just a little chemical. Um, I will actually think of another question, and I will do that one next week as we'll do one more giveaway of wrestling stuff this month, and then we will do uh, Marvel figures, DC figures next month. So, um, I'm just a little chemical. This is I see things a little differently. I will talk to you guys on Wednesday, and we are out. <laughs>